Were you cold as ice this winter, or will you be hot in the city this summer? Did you have skilled and experienced technicians look after your HVAC systems? At Soul Mechanical, their knowledgeable staff will get you running with efficient service and the right equipment. You'll be able to take advantage of their membership plans to save money in the long run. Because who doesn't like saving money? And it's way better than being cold. Consider leasing equipment to remove any hassle that normal ownership has. Do you want to learn more? You're listening to the Prairie Contractor Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Prairie Contractor Podcast brought to you by Dynamic General Contracting. Now, St. Albert's number one construction podcast. Well, that was easy. My name is Kyle Colombe. I'm the owner of Dynamic General Contracting, and I'm going to be the host of your show today. And thanks again for joining us. I hope uh, everybody's been enjoying the podcast so far. It's been a blast. I've been really enjoying learning about myself and how to record podcasts as well as the couple guests that we've had on and it's been great. So this week is a special episode to me because it touches on one of the subject matter for the podcast, the art of running a construction business. For people who know me, they know I have a load of patience. However, when it came to my career development and learning the art of business, I had little patience for that. I figured the best opportunity for myself to learn was trial and error. So basically, I felt I wasn't getting the education in being an employee to better myself, essentially learn how to run a business, how to be a project manager. I figured, got to do it on my own. So that's basically August 2015. That's why I jumped ship to my own business and the rest so far is history. Now, I'll attest that getting a real world MBA is expensive, but still likely cheaper than going to school. However, getting a trade, it certainly gets you farther ahead than those that need to go into debt to get a degree. So if finances may be an issue or you're simply just amazing with your hands, strongly suggest that you look into the trades. Anyways, this is why I wanted to introduce the owner of Free Indeed Business Advisors and the creator and CEO of The Breakthrough Hub, Scott King. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Uh, We have a special guest today. His passion is for the entrepreneur. He's experienced big wins and big losses. His passion is to help the entrepreneur avoid these pitfalls and pains that he's experienced and guide them as a business coach. Please welcome Scott King of The Breakthrough Hub. Welcome, Scott. Thanks, Kyle. Wow, big big wins, big losses. Uh, maybe I'll be a little more specific on that. Uh, a lifetime ago, I opened 12 businesses in six years. And by the seventh, I lost them all. Personally bankrupt, corporately bankrupt, everything came crashing down. My place on the St. Lawrence was done. My boat, my convertible, all done. It, it, was, it happened overnight, but it had been leading up for a lot of years. So why am I passionate for the entrepreneur and the, the pain and the pitfalls? If I can help people avoid some of the things that I learned um, with my crash, I've got all the time in the world to talk about um, those things. So I have recovered in case uh, the audience, <laughs> I, should, I should hang up now, because, but I have recovered and now I get to take that knowledge and help people um, keep their businesses on track. I find that's always the uh, the mystery of of Scott of you. It's like you have all the this wealth of knowledge and all this experience, and and you always you always drop Easter eggs, I guess, and uh, little little hints of of your experience, <laughs> which I enjoy because like it's almost like I'm trying to piece piece the story together of of how you've gotten to this point. <laughs> well, well, isn't it true that we we don't learn from our victories? We, we learn most from our failures. I really believe that's when I'm most teachable. 
Um, and when, when I really hit the wall, I realized very quickly that I was not the leader that could sustain a scaling company. I needed to grow as a leader. Um, and so with that, I, I became passionate about personal growth. Someone had me a leadership book and I began reading it and it began reading me. And I was like, oh my goodness, these are the things that I should and should have done differently and wish I had have known. Um, <laughs> right. We talked yeah. about oh, that yeah. the air that, man, if you knew some of the things five years ago that you know now, but we're still in the game. So it's, yeah. it's all good. Oh, that's huge. Um, now just, I, I'm going to dig a little bit deeper in your background. Um, so you were based, oh, and I think St. Lawrence Seaway, uh, I always think Quebec, but that's not, might not necessarily be true. So like, are you originally from, from down East? Yeah. Ontario. So, um, basically between Ottawa and Toronto, um, the Bay of Quinty, Prince Edward County, um, area in Ontario, Kingston, Belleville, area along the 401 for all of my Ontario friends. Uh, <laughs> but I also would say that I'm all Albertan now. Um, I, uh, I moved out here. I moved back to Ontario for a couple of years and I said, no, it doesn't fit anymore. Um, so all Albertan for me and my family. <laughs> I always wondered about that. If that's kind of like the case from like people trans transplanting east to west or west to east because like I, I always hear that from people coming from from the east moving west and they say yeah I don't think I'll ever wind up going back down east so but I haven't heard of anybody moving moving east and and saying that so I don't know is it just because there's wide open space here <laughs> well it's a, it's a good question and I want to be careful um but, and this is me personally, what I experienced, I, again, I was born and raised there. But when I went back, I went back as a business coach. Um, and, and I just felt, and I was in Ottawa, um, the entrepreneurial spirit that I love about Alberta just didn't seem to be there. I could not get things off the, the ground. Um, there's a large government population. I should have thought about this. Um, but uh, my wife really wanted, she met me when I was in Ottawa and she really just always wanted to be there. Um, and we found that it's nice to visit, but we just don't want to live there anymore. Yeah. So, you know, to button that up, it's about the entrepreneurial spirit. I find that the Albertans are, and man, I think this Western Canada, they just feel a little more trusting, a little more willing to jump on a podcast and, uh, and, and see if we can help each other. It just feels different. I think it's just uh, as well another condition of it. I mean, it might, it's probably like that with all other countries when you're further away from, I guess, the capital. You, I don't know if you develop a, a sort of chip on your shoulder, I guess, of being like not necessarily alienated, but you got to look after yourself. So um, I would definitely say that's a plus for entrepreneurs because. Yeah, that's that's huge. You're usually your uh, solopreneur, as, as uh, lots of people put it. So I, I think that's probably a, a reason why, you know, people down this way, you know, when someone says, I want to help you, they're maybe at first a little weary of it. But then yeah, once they see yeah, the value, it's yeah. like, oh, like, why would I ever say no to this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so for all you uh, construction uh, uh or people working in the construction sector or potential entrepreneurs. The reason I wanted to invite Scott to our podcast is because he works with quite a few construction business owners, uh, uh, me being one of them. And uh, I really find like, I guess, part of the story I want to tell at the podcast is how to do construction business better. I mean, the ones that I've listened to, they touch... <sighs> they actually do touch quite a bit on running, running a business in this modern age because uh, construction for one is very slow to change um, whether it be by um, details or construction details, safety technology. Uh, and there's some awesome tools out there. And I think business coaching, coaching in general is still fairly new, I guess. I mean, most people will say that they're probably, if they're old enough, their first Fourier into coaching would probably be by um, mail-in cassette tape, right? And and uh, to actually have like someone in their corner to help them, you know, it's not, not the first thought in their mind. So um, basically what I wanted to chat about is uh and touch a little bit on your career and journey into to coaching and then speak to what you find what you find is maybe 
lacking in knowledge to the entrepreneur who decides to start a <laughs> construction yeah. business and what what their biggest learning curve will be and maybe if you figured if you figured it out what what would be the one thing um, that would help any construction business exceed or succeed quickly so um, how did you get into or what was your decision to become a business coach and and why do you feel like you drive so well with construction business owners well it surprised me that i drive with uh, construction honestly i can't put an ikea <laughs> desk together all right my wife won't even let me open the box she says, there okay he arrives she says okay you can open the box and i open the box hand her the instructions and then she tells me step by step what to do. So just to be clear, there isn't an ounce of knowledge around construction. Um, <laughs> and maybe that's, it, it seems to serve me well, uh, because I'm not here to teach you or other contractors how to do that. I'm here to teach you about business. Okay. And here's the problem for those that have read the E-Myth by Michael Gerber is that we, we are great on the tools. We are amazing and we decide that it's time to take it all for ourselves and to you know, make the decisions and be the big cheese. And we realize very quickly that being a great technician or great on the tools is very different than being a great business owner, a great business leader. The stuff doesn't translate. The one thing that does translate is grit and tenacity that I love in your industry. You guys, girls, like you, you're, you, you aren't casual about your, your, what you do. <laughs> That's nope. what makes it a pleasure to, to coach um, is, yeah, I, I feel that fire and that, that spirit. And, and I have found the people I worked with to be very coachable, um, not pretending to have it all figured out. Um, so you know, how did I end up in this and why am I passionate about working with contractors? And I do other stuff, but that was, it just stumbled into it and I fell in love with your, your industry. Um, and, you know, we can go in a lot of directions here, but I, I, it's interesting because I was, one of my coaches in the Breakthrough Hub was teaching us a concept, a business concept, and he used the construction industry as his example. And I'm going to reference John Mill. Um, he wrote Hire Your Buyer, and he's now writing uh, Intelligent Work, and he's a former taxation lawyer. Brilliant man. I really, like, highly, highly respect him. And uh, so he gets us into the Zoom meeting. Um, he's the coach. I'm the student in this particular hub. And he says, these were his words, I am going to share with you the single most important business idea I have ever come across in business. I'm thinking, all right, John, I'm listening because I, <laughs> this guy, he's joking. He had, wasn't joking. He was telling me today he's read like 300 business books. That's, that's incredible. And he, and he just keeps on going. But what is the most important business idea he has ever come across? And that was the idea of waste, especially in the construction world. All right. He refers to it as waste allergies. We need to develop an allergy for waste in the construction world where we get itchy and scratchy and we just, like these are life-threatening things that are happening. If I come in contact with this waste, I need to freak out, right? We need to, we yep. need to make massive changes. Think of uh, the restaurant. Someone says, um, does the salad have any peanuts in it? And the, the host or the, the, the waiter or waitress might say, is it a preference or is it an allergy? and you say it's a life-threatening allergy, that changes everything as far as what's happening in the kitchen, what's happening around, okay? This is what we wanna to get to on the construction field it is, it is this obsession with reducing waste. And a very well-respected, hold on. <laughs> now, what you're hearing here, that's John teaching. I actually had wow. his, yeah. Um, he doesn't talk that fast. I listened to everything at 2.0. Um, <laughs> I'm starting to get that way too. Where it's like, I gotta get through this faster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for, our, for your listeners, um, I hope there's an option to speed us up a little bit. Uh, but, but where I'm going with that, and I just happened to click on um, his presentation here, 
is that a very well-respected analysis of your construction industry says that only 31.4% of the time is being used on delivering direct value to the finished product. When we say direct value, this is hammering, nailing, doing things that will result in something that we get paid for, all right? right. A direct deliverable resulting in the finished product. 31%, so that means that 69% is not directly impacting the outcome and the payday for the project. So where, imagine, that's 31%. If we could go after the 69 and squeeze 10% of that out and we're doing a million dollars a year, that's $100,000. You know and I know that an extra 100,000 at the end of the year is a game changer. So this is worthy of our time yeah. to be obsessed with reducing waste. Now, some specific areas and why the construction industry is so challenged by this is, Kyle, you know, we're waiting. We're waiting yes. for the electrician. We're wait, waiting for the plant. We're waiting for the delivery. We're waiting. So there, there's this, the statistic is saying 20.5% is wasted waiting, waiting yes. for Okay. I, hate that. <laughs> yeah, right? I don't want to make you crazy, but you need to be crazy about this yeah. and make sure that we have some systems in place to reduce waiting. Travel, 18.8. All right. Now, this is dear to my heart because one of the, the companies I worked with, we began unpackaging trips to Home Depot. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. those trips. Okay. So you as an owner already waste time going to Home Depot, but imagine if you're not, if you're just, it's a job, right? Yeah. And I got to go to Home Depot. Do you think, Kyle, back in the day, you might swing by and grab a Tim's? Possibly while you're going to? <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, probably, probably 40% of the time I'd, I'd be like, oh, well, I've already, I've already wasted this much time coming to Home Depot. What's, what's an extra 10 minutes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll grab a coffee. Um, you know, I, I didn't have my break, you know, that type of thing. Well, I'm here. I've been wanting to look at this. All right, so I'll just swing down that aisle. And all of this is going towards this 18.8% of travel waste, all right? So what we did with this company is we needed, a, we needed to know how, how many trips and we found out that sometimes there would be multiple trips to Home Depot in the same day. How scary is that? Oof. And this was under the radar. So we began how many trips? And we got the KPI, the key performance indicator. How many trips this month to Home Depot? We then met with the team and we said, we've got to improve this. What do we need to do as a company to make it better? What do we need to be to be more prepared? And we took those that, that we, we reduced it by about 75%. All right. Holy smokes. Yeah. It, it's, it's a game changer. Yeah. Because of all of the incident, the, the other waste is when we're context switching. So, you know, this Kyle, you're working away, you got your belt on and you are in the zone. You're just killing <laughs> it, right? You're straightening. And it's just rhythm, 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 rhythm. Ah, crap. I need something. Um, so you now stop that rhythm, you go, and then it takes you another half hour or so to get back into the rhythm. This is massive waste that we need to be mindful of. Yeah. Okay. From here, then, you know, 10%, 9.9%, just it's called personal, whatever that might be. That could be cell phones. That could be Facebook. That could be yeah. anything to do that isn't directly delivering an end product that you get paid for. All right. It's only getting worse. I feel like with uh, technology and and uh, the the I don't know society itself, how how things are moving. I guess, um, like you said, like the it's it's so hard. I don't know how the, how they how they did it. I mean, I'm sure they had distractions before the the technology, or whether it was just aimless daydreaming. But I mean, now now I feel like everybody's able to again uh, a tool of technology is like just track that data and and keep 
you know, keep on top of it, right? I mean, even speaking personally, um, using uh, QuickBooks or well, QuickBooks T-sheets, I mean, now that I'm, I'm track, like I personally track whenever I switch uh, a task, essentially, like if I got to make a run to uh, home, those deadly home run or home depot uh trips like i'm monitoring that to see how many times i'm, I'm going to right. home depot and, and what it's potentially costing me um you know i don't want to pa- really necessarily pass that on to the customer but i mean there there has to be a value there has to be a value delivered when you go to home depot to the clients like yes i'm going here and being effective i'm grabbing all these things to plan essentially for the next day like it can't be yeah like three trips in one day to Home Depot to finish that task for the day. Like you'll, well, <laughs> you'll make everyone angry. Because <laughs> your industry is so inefficient, there is an incredible opportunity for those that can figure this out, all yeah. right? Who can be well-organized and structured and efficient um, because we, the home renovator uh, is paying and the industry is demanding a certain cost yeah. price associated with all the waste so that's there so why don't we continue to charge what the going rate is but squeeze 10 more percent of profit out for us and our families yep okay yeah right. so let's let's brainstorm this a little bit um on and stay on the waste is that okay kyle you, you, yeah you bet yeah is landing okay so we we talked about travel and home depot all of that that's a beaten to death we get it um other things that I came to mind in preparation for this is um, how about trips to a lead, a site to do a quote and what we call an unqualified lead. Okay. Yeah. We have asked them, you and I've talked about this guy. What questions are we going to ask to determine if it does make sense for me to come and visit? thing you you can do to reduce waste is have a really intentional pre-screening disqualifying phone call to determine whether or not they're the right fit all right that's right want to speak to that at all yeah oh for sure um i guess a little bit of my background story and involvement in in this uh i early on i always tried to track what I could what was easy to track just to see just to see where where my business was heading and again like this was a big learning curve because a lot of things I had no idea about but one of them was like success rate essentially like how many projects was I bidding on and winning um and kind of you know and uh, we'll get to what the key piece I was missing or what I was missing was uh you know I was averaging probably about uh, a 50% win ratio uh, on the projects that I was bidding. Now, uh, to put that in context, uh, essentially every year I was probably doing about 50 estimates. Now, maybe to some people that doesn't sound like a lot, but to a, <laughs> not necessarily a solopreneur, but like me uh, doing uh, not only just the estimating and meeting with clients, but doing the project management, having the tool belts on, trying to have, you know uh, maintain a healthy family life, and trying to fit in some some personal time. Like there's not a lot of time in the day to to fit all that in. So the fact that uh, you know I was landing half. Uh, half the projects that I was looking at, uh, a sales coach said, you know what, you don't probably don't need any help from me because you're landing half the projects that you're looking at. But two, two years, three years of 50%, uh, you know, I was thinking, yeah, I'm doing all right. I don't need any help. But then I had one, the probably the third or fourth year in business where that dropped down to 33%. That's definitely a tough pill to swallow especially if you look at uh, i guess the 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 rep you know the revenue the amount of dollars that i actually earned that year in comparison to the previous years like there was definitely a drop so what i had to start looking at is what kind of people were calling and what people kind of people were was i attracting and uh you know, how do I, how do I get more efficient with my time? Cause when you start growing your business, like your time becomes more and more and more and more valuable. And it's, you, you start have to make decisions on what can I actually do in a day? So that's where we started developing 
um, essentially the phone script um, for, you know, the initial contact with someone to learn if they're going to be a qualified lead, essentially. So uh, that's my story, essentially, from point A to B, about <laughs> finding, our, finding out that I needed to learn how to determine what a qualified lead is. Um, I don't know if you want to keep me to keep rambling about that. No, that, 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 that really hit home. All right. So I, I, I do 50 on-site visits, 50 quotes. And well, it was probably more than that. That was just the 50 that I decided to, to give a number in. Right. So yeah, there you go. There you go. So that's massive. So the other thing that by, by really qualifying, asking great questions before you decide to go and visit is you can build in a tremendous amount of confidence in the person. Like, wow, Kyle called and he asked some really smart questions. Um, and then when you wrap up, so based on what I've heard, I think it makes sense for me to come and have a look at the project. Or based on what I've heard, I can tell that Dynamic is not going to be the right contractor for you. And I can recommend somebody that I think would be a better fit, but you know, this, this is very clear that we're not going to be the right fit. Um, that's really helpful. Yeah. And that, that screams of respect. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, that's other ways. So, go ahead. I would say, yeah, it's, it's huge just developing that system. So you can, you can track, you know, it, it actually kind of guides you. It's not just about uh, determine if they're qualifying, it, it actually sets you up to listen to the, the customer because sometimes the customer might be speaking to something, but they're not listening to themselves too, right? It's almost like you're <laughs> you're trying to catch yourself uh, from avoiding a, a certain type of trap because a person may be describing you one thing and then a few sentence later, sentences later, they're describing something completely different. And that's kind of like, okay, well, that's, that should be not necessarily a, a red flag, but it's definitely a, kind of a yellow alert kind of, okay, well, this person is either, um, well, most people aren't qualified, but uh, they, may, they, may, they may have something far worse <laughs> than they understand. Uh, and, and when you explain to them the, the dollar cost associated with what they've explained, you know, you're, you're going to get two reactions either like shock and awe or or oh no that's kind of what i figured and and that's also a, a kind of a, a determining question to seeing if a person actually understands like what construction like, costs yeah cost, right yeah if uh, if they're thinking we could probably do this for 30 and you get yell them you know you you better be prepared for you know would it shock you that we're somewhere between 60 and, and 80,000 for based on yeah. what I've heard. And they go, Oh my goodness. Uh, no, don't bother coming out. We'll call you back. That's the greatest news you could hear yeah. is <laughs> yeah. you're working to know, as you say, you're always trying to work to know. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then when, what the other great thing about these pre-qualifying calls is, and you alluded to this is that when you do go on out on site and you've done a very good job of listening and taking great notes, Steve, Mary, so based on our call, my understanding is that the biggest thing that you want to be able to accomplish is having this completed for back to school. Am I, am I clear? <laughs> right. And they go, Oh my goodness, someone listened. Someone actually understood what was most important to if you get to that heartfelt need and yeah. you say it back to them after it's been, you know, three or four days since the phone consultation, the trust level goes through the roof. So that's, that's, that's good yeah. stuff as far as why we do that. We're reducing waste, but we're also getting all kinds of Intel on how to sell and serve people extremely well. The next thing that, I, that I'm thinking about is <clears throat> where we waste is poor recruiting and turnover. So we hire the wrong person. We keep them longer than we should. We make excuses for them. Then it ends poorly. And then we start all over again. All right. Then we hire a good person and we find out that about a year in that they have been doing something wrong all along because we didn't train them well. We had no system. So we do a tremendous amount of disservice to our profitability by recruiting poorly, training poorly and turning over the right or wrong people. Okay, so just keep that in mind. Yeah, we have to go too much deeper on that. People get that. And that the last one in my notes here is um, we can be leaking financially. So poor financial controls um, are, is going to erode your 
well-being, your mental well-being, your emotional well-being, your family's well-being. Um, and, and, you know, that could be as simple as what is your, your, your system, what is your process for accounts receivable? All right. Do we wait until, oh, my goodness, a payroll's coming. I better call some people and collect. <laughs> okay, we've all been there, right? Yep. That is not a accounts receivable system, right? You gonna say something? <laughs> no, I was going to say, it's like, I think every, uh, every inexperienced first-time construction person thinks, uh, I don't know if it's the, they're trusting or, or they're too trusting they just they just think like your your ar is set it and forget it that people don't need reminding or you don't need to set some you know whether it's terms or or remind people how 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 to pay you essentially right uh, cool. I've, I've had clients where it's like I, I swear like over the course of the project i've had to remind them how to pay like three or four times right so <laughs> I, I have a saying that, you know, tell people what to expect, and then they're not surprised when it happens. And it sounds something like this. Let's just be clear on how the finances are going to flow with this project. We will require, not we hope to get, we will require this at this point. This, this is what we're going to deliver, and this is what we'll require. Um, all written and real. We also have that saying, if it isn't written, it isn't real, fully yeah. documented. You've been down, we've all the contractors listening know what we're talking about. Get this thing right sooner than later. If anybody's new in the industry, let's make sure that our financial controls and systems and best practices are coming from someone who really knows what they're talking about. Um, don't practice in this area. Don't learn the hard way, right? Invest. No in good financial systems and do what you should be doing. What is, what is your highest contribution? And sometimes it isn't work in the books, right? <laughs> three, four, three, $400 a month to have a real professional keep you on track and who's not emotionally attached could be one of the greatest investments you make. Or you're really good at it and that's fine, but still yeah. you're emotionally attached. Yeah. Right. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I would, I would love to know how much money I could have saved if I was like someone handed me like 10 points, like, okay, these are the things you need to implement right off the start. Uh, and, you know, without, and if I would have followed them without hesitation, like how, how much easier in the long run it would have been. Cause like, I know some mistakes sometimes like they'll, they'll stick with you like two, three years down the road. And that's, that's painful uh, when you have to learn those kinds of kinds of mistakes or worst case, like they sink you essentially. Right. Yeah, and it's it's that that can happen, but what we don't think through or measure is the consequence on our emotions not being fully present. So you're you're on on the project, but you're not on the project because you're thinking, ah, I got to make that phone call, payroll's coming, you know that type of thing. Yep. Or, guys, Revenue Canada is not your friend. <laughs> <laughs> certainly not okay certainly not. <laughs> they, they they will make life difficult and that money is not yours and the sooner you understand that and that is that is a non-negotiable we are never borrowing from the government there's a proverb that says the borrower is slave to the lender all right yeah. you do not want to be slave to revenue canada and if you guys don't believe me i've had clients whose accounts have been tapped okay this maybe not well we've been this doesn't happen when we've worked together for years but revenue canada walked in yanked out fifty thousand dollars one morning the guy goes to check his bank account 50 grand is gone and sadly it was just because they had deployed a payment the wrong way but you want to get kicked in the stomach you find out that your bank balance just is fifty thousand light this morning yeah. and now you have to ask revenue canada for it back they say oh no we'll we'll take care of it and we'll we'll apply it here and there okay so bottom line let's not <laughs> mess with trust funds that belong to Revenue oh, Canada on sure. us, all right? Um, you know, so just, just kind of wrapping things up on this part of things, Kyle, um, I'm thinking, let's just be clear. One of the greatest opportunities you have in your industry is to develop a waste allergy yeah. that is life-threatening. 
it's going to take great leadership for you to then have it roll to your team because what you don't want to be is a tyrant. Oh man, he's counting nails. Uh, give me a break. You can't, you can't <laughs> be that guy or girl. Okay. You can't be that. So it taught it's leadership. It's, it's, it's casting vision. It's, it's taking great care of your people. But the reason we can take great care of our team is because we are profitable. They know their paycheck is going to clear, you know, all of that. So we have to give a, a compelling vision as to the why this matters and celebrate it when we have our successes with our team so they yeah. feel like they're they're not just feeding your next uh, truck oh for sure and just a, like a side note on on you know the the whole like uh, allergy to waste and counting nails um just this is brought to brought to my mind the difference between say an entrepreneur and an actual employee so like the first employer that i worked with um the, the, the crew would kind of bug them a little bit for being kind of like not necessarily scrupulous or cheap or anything like that. But the, uh, there was like, a, I don't know, there's like a nickel or a quarter <laughs> on the floor or something like that. And uh, someone said, like, I bet you I bet you he goes and picks it up. And and, and for sure, like he was the one that, you know, that all the employees left it alone, but he was the one that picked it up. But to, to say it now, now being a business owner and, and looking at that, it's like there obviously was has had been something learned and and i would probably say it's probably because there's definitely been some lean years so like to learn to to essentially have that allergy to waste and and learning to you know use every essentially every cent to to make your business succeed and and hope you know hope about the end of the year you have at least five percent profit in your bank account like that's that's all you really a, a construction owner can really ask i mean some people say, oh, that doesn't sound like very much. And and it isn't. I mean, if, if you've read as many books as I have about construction on average, you know, a net profit for a construction company is like five to 8%. And people say, well, on a million dollars, that doesn't sound like very much, but it's huge when you've made money in the, in, in your there construction you bot of business. Right. There you go. <laughs> yeah. 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 Very, very good. Um, from here, uh, where do you want to go, Kyle? I, um, I hand the reins to you. Well, I want, I was gonna, I was gonna pick your brain because of the things that you've been, you've been doing recently. Um, we've kind of talked about your, your individual um, business coaching. Uh, that was, that was your free indeed business coaching business. But uh, now you've with the, the, the COVID world that we, we live in, we've, all had to shift gears and uh why don't you tell me about how you went from you know the personalized individual business coaching and, and jumped into the breakthrough hub essentially yeah yeah we uh i joke with my european friends and some of my american friends that um in canada when they shut hockey down um we pay attention like okay this is for real so last march i get an email from hockey canada saying even though your son's in playoffs, even though you're the coach, your season is done, end of story. It's like, okay, this happens on Friday, Saturday. I'm thinking, hmm, this is interesting. This is for real now. Um, and uh, so by April, as I'm on a month to month with the, the clients that I work with, some I'm recommending they pause my services. Some are saying to me, I need to pause your services. And so 60% of my business was done, you know, about two weeks after they shut hockey down yeah. in Canada. Okay, so with that, I, I remember talking to um, a gentleman in your industry, and I said to him, "No, I'm going to suggest you pause my services." He's, "Yeah, I figured I'd have to because I really I can't be thinking about planning for the future. I don't even know what tomorrow has happening." I said to him, "Well, I'm I'm a little bit nervous about for you because I see you as a racehorse, and we're about to lock you down. We're going to put you in the barn, and uh, you're going to go a little crazy." He says, "I know, I'm nervous too." I said, I got this idea. Why don't we get together um, with a group of business owners? We'll meet on Zoom. Let's read a book, work on personal growth and some personal improvements, um, build some healthy habits, whatever. And he said, sign me up. And I said, well, hold on. I don't have anybody else. So give me a minute. Um, so I began calling um, some other people. And sure enough, we got this first hub together of business owners and we met online. Um, for an hour at the beginning of the week and then a little huddle towards the end of the week. And we began learning together, growing together. Um, 
and it just it, it was it was wonderful and what i thought was going to be a four or eight week little band-aid to get me back to real coaching um turned into something that is going to be the next 10 years of my life and what ended up being the breakthrough hub so what we do is is simply bring entrepreneurs because you know and i know kyle people don't get us right we th this conversation there's a lot of mentality the, the folks in ottawa are not interested in this conversation they really are not <laughs> but you put the right entrepreneurs together and we're all ears we want to learn we want those nuggets those easter eggs that we're talking about and you get five or six great business owners growth-minded business owners together we start learning from each other and then we take great books and we unpackage them we don't just consume them we study them we talk about them and we apply them I was at a conference and I love this statement. It was a long, long time ago. The author said, information without application is just entertainment. And how many books do we read or conferences do we go to that we don't actually apply or execute? You go back, you read your notes. You don't go back and read your notes, but you think you're going to and you don't apply. So that's what's really been the secret sauce of the Breakthrough Hub. We learn together, we grow together, and then there's this subverbal accountability yep. that comes with being with a group. Hey, I don't want to show up and not having done my reading, or I don't <laughs> want to show up and not have accomplished what I, what I committed to. So that's that healthy thing. And why this is important for the entrepreneur is that one of the greatest blessings we have is options. The reason we get into business is we want to have options. We want to make sure that you know, we don't have to answer. We can decide. So it's the greatest blessing, but it's also the greatest curse in the fact that we have options. This morning, you had options, Kyle. When, when the alarm went off, you had the option to say, I'm going to squeeze an extra half hour, or I'm going to get up and start my morning routine and be well prepared for the day. Yep. These are options. So let's get around people who are making good choices, and that becomes contagious. If there's anything that we want to get infected by, during this COVID time, it's great people who are making a difference and who are responding well during this pandemic. That's who I want to hang out with. Yeah. None of that other stuff. I have no time for it. So <laughs> that's uh, that's what's that's what I'm doing. That's all I really want to say about that. Is just that I I hope if, if anybody has stayed this long that they hear my passionate plea to get connected with growth-minded people. Challenge yourself. Do not be on your own, especially now. I'll close with this. In Ottawa, I was connected to an electrician out there. Sparky was his name. And, Spark and he was, it was he, that was his nickname, Sparky Electric Sparky. And <laughs> he was just that. And I use the word was because I just found out that he uh, committed suicide. Um, and uh, it, it broke my heart because um, young daughter, he was a single dad. He had a great heart for his daughter. And um, for whatever reason, he couldn't take it anymore, whatever that was. And um, I just, uh, I just I thought to myself, man, if he, if he was with some positive people who were supportive, maybe we could have saved Sparky's life. Okay. And I don't want to be all dramatic. No, nope. I do want, I do want us to to take this seriously during this time okay. oh for sure i mean uh just having a group of of you know whether it's six seven other persons i mean it's very unlikely that you're going to have a room of six seven non-positive people <laughs> yeah. Yeah. right if, you, if even if you just have that one if you're that one person i mean that uh, you're gonna have you're gonna have a group of people who are gonna uh, essentially uplift you out of out of that hole and, and you you'll be amazed at what you could you could accomplish um with just you know just the group uh cheering you on essentially right and you can customize those goals for your yourself like it's not a it's not a commune of goals that you're still working on yourself. It's just, you, yeah. you everybody has something to, that they can bring to the table. Working on yourself, not by yourself. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Yeah. If there's any a construction person out there that says they don't need any work on themselves, they're lying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I 
promise you, you will find out that you will. I didn't think I did. And then I learned the hard way that I had a whole lot of potential to grow. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's, yeah, let's get after it and uh, be the, the best we can for the benefit of others. I think yeah. that's an important thing as well. All right, Kyle. Can I, can we touch on one other thing? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good. If you are. Yeah. Well, I, I just wanted to uh, speak about uh, your, your leadership program. Cause that's another area. I feel like the construction industry, um, they have great leaders, but to transfer that to people, um, that's, that's the hardest thing. I mean, I know personally, like, I, don't, uh, I think the saying is like, there are no leaders aren't born with it, but they definitely learn it as they, as they develop and grow. But uh, like, I feel a lot of people, it's kind of like luck of the draw, essentially. You, you get these leaders that have just been lucky enough to be exposed to the right things that they, they can excel and, and have a team and, and make that team work. Whereas like you can tell someone who's never been necessarily a team player yeah. in a like a leadership role and and they just it's just a debauchery. So I want I want before I let you go, I wanted you to talk about that yeah, sure. <laughs> if you're OK with it. I, I would love to. I, I, it's, there's nothing I'm more passionate about than, than leadership, especially for, for the entrepreneur. Um, and yeah, are leaders born? Well, I hope they were at some point. They were actually yeah. born, physically <laughs> born. <laughs> but that's where it starts. And see, let's be real. Some people have a certain tendency or a certain gifting around leadership and influence. Um, but I promise you that's only 10%. Um, you, it's what you do with that, that natural gifting. Um, and also, if you're too gifted, it can get you into a whole bunch of trouble. So <laughs> I just would say all of us need to be passionate about our leadership development. Um, and I'll talk about one of the principles that first hit me when, when I lost everything and someone handed me a book by John Maxwell, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership which sounds like a terrible title, but it is the best book for understanding leadership. It can be taught, it can be learned. And the first law is the law of the lid, which will, I think, really answer your question or illustrate the importance of this, which says that if I am a four or a five as a leader, that means that I will be the lid on my company. My leadership is the lid. I only can lead threes and twos and ones if I'm a four. And you guys listening have been in a situation where you have, you're maybe a seven or an eight leader and you're following a four or five. It isn't going to last. You are going to get frustrated <laughs> and you're going to say, I got to get out of this place, right? Yeah. So when, when, when I was reading the law of the lid and I realized my lid caused that a lot of people not to reach their potential nor i i then for the last 30 years have been just obsessed with growing as a leader because if i become an eight i get to lead sevens if i can get to nine then i get a whole bunch of eights across my organization and i prompt eights aren't the adult daycare that some of us have seen when we're in leadership they, they think better, they solve problems better, they're just a dream to work with. So if we want the privilege of leading great people, we first must grow to a level where we've earned the right to lead at that level. And there's nothing more worthy of your personal growth in my mind than growing as a leader. And there's endless, endless ways to do that. And it starts with get a book, Message me on LinkedIn, ask me what I should read, and I'll give you a prescription for the next 10 years of your life, okay? <laughs> <laughs> that is great. That's awesome. Um, I guess we're, we're coming up pretty close on time. Um, I, you have the opportunity. Like, what do you want to plug? Like, how do, like you said, LinkedIn, how, how can people contact you? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Oh, um, yeah, LinkedIn is, my, is the platform that I... Um, I, I, it's the only one that I put any time or, or effort into. Um, I really enjoy it. Uh, so Scott King, just search Scott King. Um, tall, dark, and handsome with lots of hair. No. <laughs> you will see, <laughs> see a bald head and a red face, and that's me. Okay? Um, Scott King and our, and our company page. It's a new, new company. We're um, the Breakthrough Hub. We just, uh, we just hit uh, 200 followers. So 
Clayton made a nice. goal. He says, this week, I want to get to 200. We were at 110 followers. And uh, oh, wow. we, just, we just added uh, 80 some odd followers uh, this week to get to that 200. And we like, we're, we're just, yeah, just a goal. And it was yeah. fun. And we, we hit it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, by all means, Breakthrough Hub and Scott King on LinkedIn is a great place for us to connect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Scott, for coming on the show and, and delivering like just basically a snippet of like the wealth of the knowledge that, that you have. I would definitely say if you're seriously considering hiring a coach, Scott, you are the person to uh, get a hold you. of. Because right? if you don't if you don't have that information, you know somebody who has that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know the who in, in the area that can help you for sure. Um, I want to say back to you and we'll wrap up with this, Kyle, that this was not work. Okay. I, I was like, ah, let's do this for 15 minutes. Um, I wanted in, I wanted out. And at <laughs> no point did I feel like this was a waste of time Excellent. or, or not enjoyable. We've laughed. Um, and I, yeah. we, I think we've talked about some rich things and you're a great host, Kyle. So I just um, applaud you on this labor of love. my friend. Awesome. Thank okay. you. Yeah. Well, we'll have to do it one more time. All right. All right. We'll talk. Thank we'll you. chat soon. Thanks a lot, Scott. Thank you. Hey, thank you again, Scott King, for joining my podcast. You're a wealth of knowledge and insight. Well, there you have it. Some insight into the craft of the construction business. If you like this episode or not, please, I want to hear back from you. Put your comments where you can. If you could subscribe and rate, I'd very much appreciate it. Also, I will like to mention some of the followers that have uh, popped up on Podbean. This week, I'd like to thank Fetima Jeremy. Tommy Csack, John 9W, Carrific, Callie 1302, Pajika 5568BCE2Ma. This guy must be related to Elon Musk. Kyle Harrison and Jeanette Coulomb 21. No, not my mom. So thanks again for joining us this week. And we will be coming back to you next week. Bye for now. You're listening to a dynamic, innovative podcast.